0: hey hunter how's it going i'm back um (laughs) uh, i have not you have given me the files for yakuza kiwami i at time of you and me recording this i haven't looked at a single inch of that thing so i'm just here to ask you how did it go what am i in for in the edit uh, i see that uh spoiler work for i don't know for listeners i don't know uh, do we have spoilers in the show no i think we freak enough about how can you spoilers. have spoilers for an episode
1: that's already out they can just no listen i know to the, uh, i know the they can't
0: but uh so so yakuza kiwami is i see, keep seeing yakuza from yakuza. New
1: jersey or something. yakuza
0: <laughs> hey yakuza, yakuza kiwami uh it's number 13 huh so y'all, so y'all y'all liked it it's a good game It's a good. yeah we did like culture.
1: it it's great yeah it's an excellent game Um, If anything, we held back a little bit on your (laughs) behalf Um, and and the behalf of, you know, everyone. Well, because, like, I think I'm probably, I think the Yakuza series is going to take up one of my slots in my electives, Mm. you know, every season for Mm -hmm. a while, Um, at least for the next couple seasons, I would expect. Um, for, you know, in Kiwami the Kiwami
0: 2 and Zero, basically.
1: Yeah, Zero and Kiwami 2. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe a little break, but I don't know. I'm, I might not be tired of it by that point, because honestly, <laughs> it was really fired. I don't know if you, you've you heard the episode, listener, but I was pretty fired up to talk about... <laughs> The game. I'm if there's any complaints on that episode, I would imagine it would be stuff like why do we need to just hear two people say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We like this. We yeah. like this. Yeah, well yeah.
0: danger, That's- Will Robinson, because I think we're about to do another episode that has that energy of two oh, people that really no. like a thing.
1: <laughs> oh Matt, it's not good to have a podcast where you're just talking about things you like. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants that. Everything <laughs> sucks, everything's wrong. I'm complaining. Wine, wine whine. I'm upset. There everything's bad.
0: That's it's much better. There's the hits, there's the clicks.
1: Let's go.
0: Hello and welcome. To old gamers almanac my name is matt martins i'm one of your hosts and i'm joined by the other of your hosts his name is hunter donaldson hello
1: yeah hey it's me i'm hunter donaldson and we are here to talk games and gamers games
0: and gamers this is the definitive ranking of all video games every week at a time uh we hear rank uh in an ever-expanding buzzfeed listicle style list of all the games we've played over the last year and a half and onward and uh Today is another, a little, another little break week. We are in the middle of a season one, as we're calling it. And that season is 2001, A Game Odyssey, where we play 15 games from 2001. But we also have 10 little break episodes in there. And this is another one back-to-back with Yakuza. We have today's subset games, Into the Breach, a little yeah. tactical strategy game. Uh, similar in vain with your advanced wars your xcoms mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. all of that kind of business your final fantasy tactics absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a delightful little game by a two-person development team. I say two-person development team. There's two main people of Subset Games, but they do outsource labor to other people that are all amazing. Uh, they the, uh, music by Ben Prunty. You've heard me say that <laughs> sentence before. <laughs> uh, I I suspect if you listen to our other podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll just going into it, I like this
1: game and I like the music in it. Uh, should I say that? Is that does that go without saying? Yeah, I think it goes without saying um it is a wonderful little game where you play as a a team of mechs mm-hmm. uh, or i guess technically you're playing as the the mech pilots and uh, you're time traveling mech pilots so it has kind of a roguelike element to it where you're essentially um battling these evil alien insectoid monsters called the Vec. the Vec are trying to destroy uh whatever planet this happens to be i, I did, do not recall <laughs> Um, and they destroy it by by blowing up buildings that are re- represented on the sort of uh, board game like grid that yeah. each encounter happens on, and uh, you know you just do that, and it's it's wild fun. It's yeah. it's it's wild wet fun. All right, <laughs> and boy is it wet.
0: Uh, it's it you you play the game, and it, it, the way it feels to play is effectively just a series of puzzles. It's like a it's like a random puzzle generator, where the puzzle at any given moment is how do I make sure these little building points on the map incur as little damage as possible. I want to, I have to survive, and every time a building gets hit, I lose one of my points, and if I run out of points, of which there are a very limited value, I lose the game, right? So I'm mostly trying to defend my buildings, and so with my 3 mechs, I can either kill the enemies on the map or make my enemy make my mechs stand in the way of their attacks so that I take right. the damage instead of the building taking the damage, or I can throw bugs around so that they end up shooting each other with their own damage because this game telegraphs every single move the bugs are going to make it gives you perfect information about exactly what they're going to do after you make your moves which means you get to engineer little puzzly situations of how to move the bugs around or kill the bugs to prevent the most amount of damage to try and you are primarily playing a defensive role as opposed to like kill all the bugs to win uh bugs just keep spawning as you play but you have a set turn number within each uh, map or whatever each each level is like five ish turns or whatever and your goal is to just survive to the end of that uh, and through doing that you accrue experience points to level up your captains so that they get more powers and you get power to boost your mechs you're leveling up as you play each individual thing uh, uh wh- another cool element of it is there are four islands you play on you can play up to You can play two of them and up to all four and you kind of can just like make that decision on the fly of like how far do you want to push your luck the game will get more and more difficult the more islands you do but you'll have access to more powers because you'll keep leveling up and so you have to do at least two to then go to the final island but you could do all four if you think you got a souped up enough team and can just push for it and then you do a full run you get to keep one captain for the next run that you want to do And then that's it. That's like a full cycle of the game. That's one loop.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's very, very well designed. It's Mm -hmm. super well designed in that all of these, uh, it's one of those games that can appear really simple. There's a lot of comparisons to chess. Right. When you're talking about Into the Breach, if that gives you an idea of like how esteemed uh people <laughs> right. you know kind of treat this one um so that's a that's a big comparison chess that's older than 50 years old that game <laughs> um and is you know pretty well regarded as one of the bigger games that you can play of all time that exists yeah um so into the breach sort of has this deceptively simple aspect to it where at first you start playing it and you're like okay my mechs do damage. And that I use the damage to kill the bugs. And then you look and you're like, wait, but there's this one mech that doesn't do damage. Well, I guess that's the crappy one. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That one sucks. The other ones are better. Um, So, you know, we'll just kill the bugs. And then you're like, wait, I'm not gonna be able to kill all the bugs this turn. So they're gonna do some, hmm, that sucks. Okay, well, maybe that was just how this turn worked out. And then you're like, oh, I lost. Hmm, I lost my run. (laughs) Something's a little fishy here. Then you start realizing that, like, who cares about killing the bugs? It's mostly just... How do we trick the bugs? How do we move them <laughs> around? How do, the, that one mech you have that doesn't do damage? Yeah. How, that's actually the best one. That's actually the best one you got. <laughs> the is only one that matters. Out.
0: You protect it at all costs.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the good one. All right. Each mech squad, um, there's like a bunch. Now a with lot. the advanced edition, there's like, what, 10? There's no, more. there's more than 10. Yeah. There's like 15 uh, of these things. There's quite a few. And uh, each mech squad has its own gimmick. Um, and that gimmick... Is trying to focus specifically about one kind of micro aspect of the game and I mean really micro like Mm -hmm. it might be zoomed in on just like one state of being right each tile uh, in the game can be affected by various like weather or kind of reactionary aspects of that tile Um, there's like fire for example is a thing uh ice is a thing you, your 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 mechs and the bugs can get frozen and be all freezeed up mm-hmm. um there are rules that govern you know what what does it mean to be frozen well you can't do anything but you can also take a hit okay <laughs> you take a hit and no damage happens okay so there's that aspect there's uh what what else is there there's there's, uh, there's the, like the, there's like npc mist. like
0: you have people on your side too outside of even just these tile effects but there's also like tile effects that are a thing that's going to happen one time like sometimes just tentacles yeah. come out of the ground and eat whatever is on that tile or like an
1: right. air strike flies in and nukes an entire lane totally totally so there's a lot of like there's a lot of pieces on the board yeah that are going to do something very specific um and it would be overwhelming if not for the fact that this game has like the best user interface i've ever seen right it so efficiently communicates to you Everything that is going to happen once you are, you know, done with all of your moves—that I would say it is the singular like achievement of this game. Right. Um, If tactics games are not your thing, I would say that Into the Breach is my go-to recommendation for you to try. If the whole genre doesn't work for you, just because. Well, Into the Breach is, you know, not the easiest game uh, in most tactics games are not easy, though, by the way. It's actually just kind of a hard genre. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So it's mostly it's hard. So I'm not I don't have an easy one for you. But uh, Into the Breach is excessively fair in its communication. So like it's not going to make you feel like, oh, man, i just. This random thing happened and the alien in XCOM blew up my guy that I named after my friend Joey. Now my friend Joey's dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, your friend Joey's not going to die unless you consciously decide to kill your friend Joey right. in in Into the Breach. In right. XCOM, who knows what's going to happen? Well, and
0: to the point you were also making, I, what I have found with other tactics games, other games in the genre, is the, the complexity comes into a lot like we, we were kind of plucking away at advanced wars at one point and we've delayed that episode a bit but even in my short time with advanced wars so far there's just a lot going on on the map at any given time and with that one there's mm-hmm. random elements of i don't know what the enemy is going to do or whatever the fact that into the breach gives you perfect information every single turn is means that you you are thinking about the five turn run right And even within that, you're thinking about trying to level up as much as possible for the overarching run. But realistically, at any given moment, all you have to think about is this one turn. Because new things are going to happen next turn, and you're going to have the perfect information for next turn. You will always be able to adjust. The bugs almost never put you into a situation that is, like, completely unstoppable. I mean, I haven't played this game on, like, the absolute—I think there's, like, four difficulties at this point— I I play generally on normal and normal is plenty hard. But within that, my point is it is always um, deducible because I don't need to remember what every single unit does. I don't need to remember sort of stats and figures and stuff. All of that information is immediately accessible at all times on like every single turn. So I can I can. The, the best new development for me with this game is that it also got added to mobile at some point, And I'd never played it on mobile before. But, you know, I, as we talk a lot on this show, I'm kind of in the dad lands now. Being able to walk around my house and pull my, my phone out and even just do one turn of Into yeah. the Breach. Yeah. I don't need any memory of what I was doing before. I don't need any memory of what was my plan for like this whole level. I don't, I don't have an overarching plan for the entire level. Every single turn, I'm just trying to do this turn, which means I can turn it off and turn it back on at any time, pick it up and go, all right, let me reassess the lay of the land. I didn't finish this turn, but I can look at it and see what was going on and okay, I can make a new plan and do it. So it is always instantly playable for me, even though I'm not like doing one full run you know, nonstop. You don't need to care about the full run.
1: Yeah, yeah. It uh, it is perfectly set downable mm-hmm. in that way. Um, it is addictive. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that much. It's quite addictive. Uh, let me pull it up right now. Let's go ahead and get it. <laughs> get you a good quote here. Oh, no. We are looking at a hundred and eleven hours play time <laughs> on this one. That's probably small compared to some, of you freaks out there. For but sure. but I mean, I, I don't play games for an obsessive amount of time. There's right. very There are very few games that get over 100 hours. I like to have the game, eat it, whole. I put the whole game in my mouth. (laughs) I swallow it in one bite, and then I move on with my life. Not Into the Breach. Into the Breach has been sticking around with me for a number of years. And with the Advanced Edition, uh, obviously, there's been a really good reason to come back. There's a lot of new stuff. There's a lot of new pilot abilities. There's a lot of new uh, just like regular abilities that can come up um there's new squads yeah. like it's and you get it for free by right. the way yeah. if you just you had into the not, breach before there's yeah. more game now so you may as well check that out like it's it's real good man yeah. yeah
0: what what i think is also very very cool about what into the breach does is the the and this is true of their first game too we haven't talked about ftl at all yet which I, I'm, I'm thankful for because i could also talk forever about ftl but both games really lean into The roguelite side of things where it's like, we want to give you a lot of reasons to just want to do runs. And like, like the game is not, the game has suggested some story reasons why like it is a roguelite and why things repeat. I don't care about those things hardly at all. Like I, you, you, none of that has to even be in there and it wouldn't change how I feel about the game at all. I don't need that. Like. Story justification for it because the reason the game is replayable is because I want to touch all the stuff I want to try every mechanic I want to see every little thing I want to get every team I want to just see. All of the mechanical things that can happen not specifically the story stuff that can happen or whatever right that that is what like keeps drawing me back in is is not only do you get all the teams but all of the teams have little specific challenges so sometimes you can load up a game and you're not trying to just beat the game you're also trying to do these little achievements on top of it and you just the game is almost infinitely replayable in like the ways you can go about making the challenge more difficult for yourself
1: yeah well, I do. I think it's good that we are talking about FTL because it's interesting to I, FTL was a huge hit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people listening to this know about FTL, and I know that you know overall, Into the Breach was not as big of a game, even if it seems like the people that like Into the Breach really love it a lot. And I think that speaks to a little bit of a difference between the two games. So yes. maybe it's fun for us to talk about it this a little bit. Into the Breach is a game I would describe as uh perfect. In that I have no notes. Right. I have no ideas on how to improve it. Mm-hmm. I have no ideas on what if, oh, well, if this part was different, then the game would be better. No, I have no ideas. No <laughs> ideas at all. FTL is a game that activates my imagination mm-hmm. in a way that Into the Breach does not, because remember, it's perfect. And it's like chess. Chess doesn't activate my imagination. Right. Chess is, chess is hard, perfect, uh, you know, sexy math, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ftl is a lot of hidden numbers weirdness yeah you know what i mean like it's it's a lot of like and there's a lot of weird story stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do have notes. There are things about FTL that I'm like, this part sucks. How about <laughs> this part shouldn't be so bad? And I'm talking about the final boss. Right. I hate the final boss <laughs> and FTL. And I think everyone does. And if you don't, it's because you played the game too long. You should have played it less. You know, <laughs> you learned the game too well. Nobody's supposed to be that good at the game. Yeah. Listen, if I, if I can barely pull it off, in a game, after putting in over 50 hours of, I don't know how what my game time is with FTL, I know it's over 50 hours, Yeah. but uh, and I don't want to look it up, because I already did that bit once today, but <laughs> if, if I could just barely beat the final boss after putting so much time into it, then I just think that's too hard, right. it's just too—it's too finicky, and the problem with FTL has always been, it's a game that presents you with a world of possibilities, so many different ways to set up yep. your ship, so many different loadouts, and strategies and then when you get to the final boss it's like okay well there's only like two or three things that really work for this right even though up until now the world was your oyster and everything made sense
0: yeah i would i would say basically ftl uh sort of requires you to give up on the idea that you will win this game often because it's kind of less fun to play and experiment with if you are trying to always beat the final boss uh because yeah. yeah that final boss really necessitates a very specific play style and, and i think into the breach to get back into it like corrected for that i think they recognized that problem yeah. and into yeah. the breach they said okay the final boss will definitely be more of exactly what you've been doing um just like yeah. we'll kind of crank up the difficulty or we'll slightly modify some of the context but all in all we want you to have built out a kit that you then maintain and can use and can feel really proud of at the end into the breach is certainly a lot easier to beat than ftl what i find along the way is that imagination stuff ftl really captures me for the 95 percent of the game where i'm just going through space and it's very um hunter you worded it to, to me earlier it's just very cozy That is where FTL really clicks for me. It's just like, I just like hanging out with FTL. Even if I'm not trying to like perfect its systems, I'm just trying to experiment with all of its systems. Mm -hmm. In in that way, its rogueliteness contributes that factor to it, right? It's just like, I just like the boldness of trying new things. Whereas Into the Breach is like, I want to try and sort of strategically master all of the things you've given me because you've designed it perfectly.
1: Right. Yeah, so... One of the things that I kind of wish Into the Breach had that I feel like FTL does not, it would definitely make um Into the Breach a little more interesting in the context of a podcast, is that I feel like FTL, if we were talking about that game, and if I had spent, you know, 10, 20 hours playing FTL before recording this episode, I could tell you little stories yeah. of like the weird stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. And Into the Breach does not really have that. I, I like I don't want to bore you with like Okay, so here's what it was. On, so on <laughs> on the southern tile, there was there was this one Vec that was aiming at this little bit, and I pushed him, and then he was shooting at his buddy. Yeah. Um, that's like just not, it doesn't have that element. Right. What's so strange about all of this, though, is that the writer for Into the Breach <laughs> is so, is like, of all the game writers you could pick, yep. Chris Avalon is the, Avalon, Avalon, what is it? Avalon. Avalon is the writer for Into the Breach. Uh, Which is quite a pedigree uh, for a game where mostly as far as I can tell what he may have been contributing was like the maybe to the overall premise maybe not I don't know yeah Um, and then like the the there's not a lot of dialogue so it's really just like things that the characters say at the beginning of each encounter as compared to FTL. That has this episodic story, almost like Star right. Trek episode writing, yeah. where every encounter has its own little hook, which is really, really cool. It is very cool, and that's why they're such
0: different games, realistically, which is kind of, like, why it's amazing that this these two people, like, <laughs> did these two games, because, yeah. honestly, they're quite different in their approach to these various strategy-style games, uh, because, yeah, FTL is is seriously about that openness and into the breach just absolutely isn't it is not about openness it is about this tightly constrained moment and it's moment to moment to moment which is what keeps you playing right is I i beat that moment but it's just introduced me a new moment and i have to perfect that moment as well and i have to keep you know it's not that you want to even beat the game It's that you want to see the next puzzle. You just keep wanting to play puzzles over and over and over again. And, and it rewards your desire to just keep playing puzzles. Like here's, here's my best example of this is into the breach. Now being on my phone is slowly replacing the, like doing a daily wordle or whatever, you know, insert your sort of like dumb, no brain puzzle game that you do each day or whatever. You sort of just like open up the day and you're like, Oh, let me, let me do my puzzle. Right. Uh, that's what Into the Breach is becoming for me now. It's like I do literally one, maybe not even more than one turn. Like I do a turn and I'm like, cool, I did that. I'll, I'll set it aside. I kind of feel like I did my puzzle for the day. Maybe I do yep. more later in the day, but it's like I'm almost getting to where I make a point to do my one Into the Breach puzzle per day.
1: Yeah, I, it absolutely has that potential because of just how perfectly it's put together. I mean, I would compare it to, to Tetris even as like just the perfect little game to just kind of like let your brain attach itself to for a moment and then get out and the nature of that design is going to mean that like well story can't be super Mm -mm. like if story was emphasized then it would be more like of an expectation that you play it in one go and by the way i don't really like setting ftl down in the middle of a run no which is another criticism i have of ftl is that i think the runs are a little too long Yeah, yeah like The start to finish experience of one run of FTL, which is like how I would prefer. I would prefer to sit down, do an entire run and then be done. That can be like two hours. Yeah, that can be a long time. Uh, One run of Into the Breach uh, on hard mode. If I'm doing four islands, I can do that in about 45, 50 minutes. That's pretty fast. That's I'm not that fast, but that's because I sit there and I. I take my
0: time thinking through every single turn for sure. But again, I'm not playing it in a way where I care about finishing the run right now. So a run can take as long as it wants for me. That is right. not an impact at all on my desire to keep playing it. Whereas FTL, there are things you need to maintain about like what kind of ship you're building and how you've been doing things. It's harder to just load up FTL and be like, "How was this? How did I operate this ship? Who went where and what did what?" Like right. that is a right. it's it's not impossible. I mean, FTL still is quite accessible in that regard. But it's not it's nothing close to to how instantly digestible into the breach's information is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So something I want to talk about now for a little bit is I, I and I think where a lot of the charm of Into the Breach comes from is the mech squads. Um so as we said, there's quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um they're all very interesting and they all have kind of their own hooks. Yeah. Um, Matt, I want to know what what squads are you into? Like which yeah. which what are your what are your go-tos for into the breach? Well, so I'll I'll say this much,
0: I have been uh for this episode, obviously I got advanced edition and I've been playing that. I wouldn't say I I mean I haven't touched everything advanced edition has to offer before recording right. this, which I I mean right, right, right. I don't think uh anyone needs to have done that or whatever. The game is there's so much in it now that you can just kind of do whatever but I'll answer that question uh, sort of the opposite way you asked it which is to say I feel like there's really only just some squads I don't like Um, and the ones I don't like are the like the ice and fire squads there's a couple where sort of the intent of how you're supposed to think about the map and what you're meant to do kind of escapes me a little bit. And so I just feel always at a loss of what I'm trying to do with them. Whereas it's like the ones where I'm throwing bugs around in some capacity, whether it be actually like grabbing and throwing them, which is one of the new ones does. Uh, those are more fun to me rather than just like applying status effects to bugs and and like letting letting things eke out over kind of a number of turns. I like that immediately I'm doing this, I throw it over there so that I can succeed at this turn. I think the ice and the fire stuff necessitates thinking like a turn in advance, at least a little bit more, maybe maybe not completely, but sometimes you're just like, well, right now all I can do is apply a fire effect to it and hope that pans out to something useful next turn when they're now on fire and I can make something happen with that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I would say that my far and away my best squad is the Frozen Titans which is the ice yeah. squad, as in, like, I feel like that's the squad that I do the really best well with. with. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, if you're just getting into advanced edition, I would beeline it for a lot of the advanced edition yeah. squads. I think they're, they're all, good. like, very, very good yeah. um, and really, really fun. Um, yeah. Not all the squads are made equal. Some of them are a little bit harder, I think, to understand, like, what their... What they're, you know, angle is on the game in particular mm-hmm. there's a squad called the still the steel judoka which oh, is yeah. a squad that is so interested in specifically the pushing around of the um bugs yep. which is great and a lot of a lot of squads work in or at least have one mech that specializes in pushing the bugs around still judoka is like kind of obsessed with it and doesn't do a lot of damage at all i mean there's just very little damage in general right for for for, that
0: squad for comparison and to to hunter's point of like just play the advanced edition ones the one i've been playing a lot of in advanced edition is a squad called cataclysm which is very much the same except for they do damage while they push like they'll throw things around and it'll do a little bit of damage each time as well which is just like oh so that's just like better huh oh it's like God. yeah pretty much like it's pretty
1: much just better i think it's wild that you brought up cataclysm because it's like i think i think it's my favorite squad in the game because, yeah <laughs> so what so let me tell you about cataclysm so, so cataclysm has one of the mechs is called the drill mech yeah um the drill mech um it it just it's it's pretty basic it, it's a flying mech which means that it it can just kind of be wherever but it's really important that it is a flying mech once i explain to you what it does um just does some damage that's fine if it kills, if it uses damage to kill the vec, it will literally crack that tile and um the four adjacent tiles in a little cross section. Mm-hmm. It will just kind of crack it. That's right. it. Just crack it. Um if that tile gets hit again by anything, that tile falls through the earth <laughs> and now that is just an empty space. <laughs> and it gets Pretty buck wild the way you can use this because what we're talking about is a board game where you can just delete tiles if yeah. you're planning it correctly. Right. I've had tr- like like uh, rounds with the Cataclysm where I have deleted all of the tiles in between the area where the Vex spawn <laughs> and where my buildings are, meaning they they spawn and if it is a, a melee unit, it just does nothing. Yeah. It will not get to do anything. Right. Right. Now is that You know, how easy is that to set up? It's not super easy, but it gets easier as the game goes on and you upgrade how much damage the drill mech does. You definitely want the drill mech to be doing as much damage as possible because you want to be the killing blow on any vec. But you can definitely plan out, like, okay... This is where I want to crack in the ground right there so that I can get. I, so that if I delete those tiles, it will just make it so that the Vec, you know, have to go at move really extra spaces around. to go around. Yeah. Like you can just kind of create yep. um, whatever kind of boundary you sort of want with Cataclysm. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty obsessed with them. They are a very, very good uh, squad, yeah. I would say. Well, and and you hear the
0: excitement in Hunter's voice. Every single squad has some sort of hook like that, though. That's the yeah. whole thing, is you start to learn a squad, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, and at some point, if you play it enough, and I mean, it's a game that wants you to be smart, right? You kind of, I mean, you don't have to be smart. That's the great thing about it, is you can you can play on easy, which easy is not easy. I, I need to get that out of the way. Easy's still plenty tricky. Uh, it's still puzzles you gotta solve. But... Uh, at the higher level stuff is where you, like, have to unlock your third eye to come up with those kinds of plays of, like, no, 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 no. This isn't just about moving the thing around. It's about creating an ecosystem within this board spit. And you're like, and, and you're, you're just trying to manipulate every element. And, and I think some of the islands do a better job of that than others. Like, I, what you're describing, Hunter, is something I feel really often on the desert maps the desert maps are always like there's some sort of weird uh chasm or there's like crazy uh sand tiles that kick up dust anytime they're hit or whatever that then render Mm -hmm. things useless and so then you can push things just into the dust that you've created the the desert maps you're always doing things to just turn the map into a hostile playground where the enemy can't get anything done basically
1: that's definitely where uh cataclysm shines the most because and, and you'll find actually each squad sort of has a home island where their advantages come into play more and cataclysm definitely seems to be more of a desert island thing although don't uh don't discount their abilities on the uh what is it called detritus the uh the like poison toxic island because that island i've noticed a lot of those maps will have really tight choke points yeah which mean if i can just get like sometimes it's just a matter of like if i can delete that tile right, right there. <laughs> and the VEC just cannot move through that area whatsoever. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just like, and the thing is, like, every squad has some sort of beautiful advantage mm-hmm. that is going to allow you to think in those terms. Yeah. Um. A lot of people, I would say, get really opinionated on which squad they want to recommend their buddies as being... The best one yeah. to learn the game about. I learned the game, uh, not on the so the first squad you have is called the Rift Walkers, um, and then you can very quickly unlock uh the Rusting Hulks and the Zenith Guard. Those yep. are like the two easiest one, uh, easiest ones to unlock. I unlocked the uh, Rusting Hulks uh, because I was told to, and then I sort of learned the game on that squad. By yeah. the time I got done with that squad, I was like, okay, I understand a whole lot about the game, but it's time to switch squads. So that I learn more of the elements because each squad is going to kind of emphasize one little piece of it, but you do kind of need like a, a squad to sort of teach you the basics. Yeah. But I'll say this, they're all so good at focusing on just one thing that it's to me, it's more about what resonates with you For as sure. a player. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend just trying as many of them yeah. as makes sense until one of them clicks with you Absolutely. and then guess what that's the one that's helping you get into the game and that's all that matters yes i, I definitely um, agree the, the first time that happened to me
0: i was enjoying the game but i'm I'm very much a, like let me get everything unlocked as fast as possible kind of player. sure like, yeah yeah. I, yeah every run is just to get more options just to give me more of the things but the first squad i was like oh i gotta do that squad again was blitzkrieg which the main mm-hmm. thing with Blitzkrieg is your your main guy has this um, electric whip attack. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is if you can create a chain, if you can create enemies next to enemies and even enemies next to your allies and even those things next to buildings, you can level up to a good enough point where you just attack one tile and it attacks like six tiles all at once or whatever. And right. Um, it's my favorite one to go to max level with because the upgrades, for the mechs do the most interesting thing again because then it's like i can attack but i can make sure that it doesn't do any damage to buildings and i can make sure it does like this little thing and it adds to it in that way uh one of the other mechs in that team is a boulder mech that just throws a rock over there but like you use that boulder to create more chain (laughs) to then link all of your attacks together or whatever Um, so that was the first time i was like i think i played like six full runs of blix blitzkrieg back to back to back because it was just like i gotta i gotta see the combo get bigger what's your favorite squad hunter to go all the way like to to fully level up as much as possible or do you do that every single run? like do you do all four islands every single run are you ever just like oh this one's not i'm not feeling this one i didn't get like i haven't been getting the powers i really want i'm gonna call it at two and move on
1: um no so the what so the way it works for me is i'm trying to fill out my i want to i want every medal eventually right so I'm just working on whatever... I think right now I'm working on the Mist Eaters, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of the opposite. Well, they're not really the opposite. They're kind of a play on the uh, Rusting Hulks, which is a squad that's all about using the smoke terrain. Yeah. Um, the Rusting Hulks just create smoke, whereas the Mist Eaters create smoke, and then they eat it up. They gobble <laughs> it up, and it makes them better, uh-huh. um, which is kind of an interesting kind of play off of that. Um. But yeah, so so right now I'm working on getting, I'm it, trying to beat it on hard with, I, 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 I go in order. I'll do like hard on four islands, hard on three islands, mm-hmm. hard on two islands, because I find, you know, that's the order of difficulty. If I can beat, sure. if I can do all four islands, and then beat the final boss. Okay, well then I can probably do three. And oh. then if I can do three, I can probably do it on that's two. That's interesting. I think I sometimes
0: find the four islands stuff harder because it's just such a longer gauntlet to sort of endure i mean yes you go into the final boss with just like an insane amount of tech and power Uh, but i very often call runs short because i think i can just i i'll I'll just do the two and i'm like i didn't i'm not getting whatever out of it i i feel like that happens to me decently often where i call it at two or three and i don't do all four islands
1: yeah i think i just like uh the completionist aspect of like feeling like my squad is like completely decked out and completely ready to go. I yeah, I don't know, you know, like maybe the sweet spot is 3, like actually 3 is the easiest and that it's not as simple. I just feel like if I only do 2, I show up to the final boss With no and abilities. it will be difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be too hard for me to get through it. Whereas if I do all 4, yes, you're you are right that the the 4th island will be the hardest part actually. Um and then after the whatever the 4th island ends up being, which I'll say this So one strategy you can, um, you know, put forward that is, this is kind of, this can be pretty difficult to kind of balance out. But like I said, each squad has an island that's like their easy squad or their easy island. Um, As in like that island naturally helps them do the thing that they already do. Um, it's like their home base. Now, each island gets more difficult. Right. So if we sh- if we save our easy island for the fourth island that we do, right. guess what? That final difficult island is not so difficult now. Right. Yeah, I, I, I find it
0: funny um, how you and I kind of engage with this game differently because I think what has been a story of this show is how much more I like to do completionist stuff. And I think even in mm-hmm. one intro, I asked you, like, is there a game... You tried 100%. And you're like, eh, not, not really. Like, you, you, I think your answer was something about, like, JRPGs where you're just mm-hmm. trying to break the game. But I think, not that you've, like, gotten there and it's going to take a long, like this game takes a long time to 100%. There's a lot of content. There's a lot to do. But you attack it with the completionist mindset. You are very intentionally with each thing doing the like, this is the four island run. This is my three island run. Yeah, And I'm not really doing that with this game. If anything, I would say that's like the one thing. There's an aspect to Into the Breach that has always felt slightly distant from me and I have never been able to put my finger on it. But I just don't have the drive to 100%. It. And, and I don't know what that is. I think that's why I, my brain always goes back to FTL. Cause I like the openness of FTL and mm-hmm. FTL's checklist is again, it's like a lot of FTL's checklist. You don't have to beat a run to complete the checklist, right? There's a lot of challenges in FTL that are just like, do this crazy thing, have this crazy right. thing at this right. time or whatever. And so you can do, you can, you can feel like you completed a run, even though you didn't beat the boss. Whereas what I found with into the breach is so many of the challenges are sort of just based around get a beat, a beat a run, beat a run on hard, beat another run on hard. Right. Like you just got to beat right. the whole game with every single team on every Island amount on hard. And for some reason that is just not as enticing to me. It just doesn't, make me want to do that. All I want to do are the goofy challenges and once I've mm-hmm. done that with a team, I kind of feel done with the team and I don't have a strong desire to like make sure I played on the hardest difficulty of all four islands or whatever.
1: Yeah, I can't really explain why my mindset is so different for this game because I feel like there's just something about it where I enjoy the playing of it so much because like I said earlier, I do think of this as this game's perfect yeah. to me. Yeah. Now, We'll find out whenever we get to the ranking, like, how (laughs) much is perfect worth? (laughs) If anything, perfect's kind of annoying. It's an annoying type of thing to be. Perfect. Ah, you're perfect. You know what I mean? I like a lot of things that are uh, not perfect. But what's interesting about End of the Breach is it's perfect in a way that makes me want to revisit it to where it feels kind of, um, feels like not even a game. It feels more like, just like, I don't know, like the perfect thing to sort of fill Yeah. Some time, which might sound like a little bit of an insult, but I really don't mean it that it's, way. It, it has transcended right. the usual parameters I've set for a video game. It's like a
0: proper hobby, is is really what it is. Uh, yeah. I think you know you can think of just playing games in general as a hobby. But like, I mean, Hunter, if you, I think you play games to like experience a lot of different types of story, you like to play lots of different games, and you don't generally like to just dig into one. The only right. two games I've seen you turn into a hobbyist about is this and getting over it with Bennett Foddy, right? Getting over it with yeah. Bennett Foddy is sort of a Zen thing you use to recalibrate yourself. Yeah. And Into the Breach is like this is the other side of that. It's like getting over it is is a finesse thing that you use to kind of settle your mind and body, mostly your body. It's a stress body. ball, Matt. It's a it's stress definitely ball. definitely a stress ball. And Into yeah. the Breach is like mental practice. My grandma has done a crossword puzzle every single day for- Yep decades and i just think into the breach is is sort of your <laughs> is is your crossword puzzle and and, and that's what i'm saying it's my wordle right it's it is that daily puzzle it's just that thing about it keeps the mind sharp basically
1: yeah <laughs> yep. but i will say this so one aspect of that of that of what you're talking about it being like sudoku or yeah, whatever yeah is that if you sit down and played sudoku all day your tummy yeah. would start to hurt you know <laughs> right. what i mean like the, it, it does have that it, it does start feeling like empty calories mm-hmm. in a way that ftl really does not right um even though it does annoy me how long a run of ftl is ftl feels like my mind is being activated in in these various different ways whereas yeah. into the breach is almost it's like almost a little too focused where it's just kind of like mm, just this yeah Just exactly this, but perfect, but just this. that's the thing is
0: so into the breach is not an inspiring game, but it is like a perfectly habitual game. It's such a good little thing to be in the habit of doing that's that's what makes it feel good is the habit of doing it is just really rewarding the actual pure act of just doing the puzzle is so is so innately rewarding in itself that you can just do that every day. It will never get old, but then to your point, you can also do it all day for one day and it won't get old. And it's scary that you suddenly lost. This is a game that like doesn't inspire me, right? I I I think it's it's something about it feels like I'm I'm lacking in it. But then similar to the, the like way people talk about civilization, you know, civilization for any of the civilization yeah. games, it's like just one more turn. I'm 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 not like desperately in love and having the most joyful crazy time ever but six hours disappeared what happened i don't understand
1: like that's what happens with this game yeah it it does kind of have that aspect to it um that i would say i kind of feel the same way about civilization games to be honest um whereas i feel like you know like if we were to compare civilization to like a paradox game Mm -hmm. um i feel like a paradox game has the right amount of Paradox games are almost like Minecraft to me. Yeah. They it's about creativity. Right. It's it's about all right, here's all the complicated systems. Now what will you do with them? Yeah. Um so for some reason those calories don't register as empty. And Into the Breach doesn't register as empty calories to me unless I play it for for too long in one day. So I really <laughs> do feel like the right Into the Breach experience is to like wake up, play through um, a chunk of the game yeah. um, uh, whatever that is to you whether it's one turn to me it would be like one island Yeah, I yeah. do one whole island and then I set it down and I, if I achieve that setting it down part then I'm c- entirely happy with my experience of Into the Breach Yep. if I sit there and play <laughs> a whole run and then something goes wrong and I'm like mm, better restart and then I restart and I play a whole nother run and I realize uh oh it's been two hours and I've played two runs, I will start to feel a little bit like I've just been eating chocolate cake by right. the handful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does start to feel a little bit like this is maybe this is maybe a bit much, which is yeah. like, I mean, I think that's nice criticism to have of a game, which is that sometimes I like it so much, I play it so much. Right. It stimulates the brain in such a specific way yep. that if I play it for a long time, it it makes me feel a little out of it in a way where I could sit down and play like, like Silent Hill 2, for example. Yeah. I could play that game all day mm-hmm. and come out the end of it not really feeling that sick because it has a beginning, middle, and end. Right. It, it tells moved. me when to, when to leave it alone. Whereas yep. Into the Breach, I do sometimes feel like the game is a job I will never move on from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will never get the promotion. I will be working this job for the rest of my life. You are describing how most games make me feel which is that when you say stuff like that mm-hmm. i want you to quit this podcast <laughs> and move on with your life when you say stuff like that it makes me want to say hey friend hey buddy why are we doing what's this? important is that no. you enjoy your life yeah, yeah yeah
0: no but that's but the point here is to say i that's why i struggle to like sit and play any one game for like a lot of hours at a time. It's not the exact same feeling, but it's that, that feeling of like, I can't just keep doing this one thing. Even when a game is like constantly making you do different things it, it now, because other things in my life are tugging me in different directions. And also just my brain has never quite worked this way. Uh, although I, I question if that's even true. I mean, I think I used to be able to like sit and do longer hauls, longer stretches of gaming. Um, but uh, generally, in a social capacity, rather than a, like right. me by myself in my room just playing a game for hours right, and right. hours and hours. Um, but even without that on it, like that is sort of how so many games feel to me is like after two hours, I'm I'm getting antsy. I'm needing something else to do. I need to find a new way to do it. Um, and so I think the best games for that kind of uh, play session, if I'm going to play it for a long time, would really need to drastically shake up what it's asking me to do quite often but i I don't know i say this and i'm i'm a walking contradiction all the time like i played all of klonoa 2 in one sitting and that game is quite a lot of the same thing sort of over and over again but i don't know for for me it, it I I still felt like I was getting like new things out of it, but also the context of that was like, I had nothing. (laughs) I didn't get to have a distraction. I was in my bed with COVID and just like, this is what you're doing today. Shut up and get over it. Uh, So I don't know if I have that context, maybe I can accomplish that sort of play session. But for me into the breach, just sort of fits nicely into what I would love the cycle of my game playing to be, which is just like I plucked it. Like it would be awesome. You know, if I didn't have this show, anymore but i learned all the things i've learned from from doing what we've done so far i think what habits i would look for are a handful of games i desperately love that i do like a run of per day and that's like my like two hours of gaming is like four separate half hour sessions throughout the day or something like that right rather than i think yours would maintain to be the like gonna play my two hour four hour chunk of the game so that i get like a good chunk of the story done or whatever that's why right. games with big stories just bounce off of me so often because it's like i can't i can't get it all in my brain i want the i want those
1: delicious half hour chunks right right and this game this game delivers on that yes. i would say i did come up with in the scope of this conversation i was able to come up with with one thing okay there's one i got one thing for Intel. one. we got one knit i think i think this explains my chocolate cake problem uh-huh actually so ftl uh has a very difficult final boss um it's it's hard very hard to do it's too hard doesn't need to be that hard right um and then but what's nice about that is it does give you an end point mm-hmm. to work towards yes into the breach completing the game on your first run does feel like oh i did a good job yeah. but it doesn't feel like the end point right However, it doesn't have that later end point. Exactly. You have to make that up. Yep. And if I have to make it up, then I can start feeling a little like that's the tummy sick feeling yes. inside I, of me. Yeah. Is that like, oh, well, when will I get that feeling of I have conquered this game? Right. I mean, is it whenever I fill out every, every. single medal Do I, that I beat it on every single difficulty? I don't really want that to be it. Exactly. One thing, a game that I think is so special because it understood this problem is Hades. Mm-hmm. That game has the 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 roguelike structure down in such a way to where it's like, let's have you experience all of this game in a myriad of ways. You need to do it um, upside down and in the dark, you know, yep. Yep. in order to beat it. But then once you've beaten it, it does tell you like, okay, you have complete. Now, of course, you could keep playing. Of right. course. I mean, why not? Um, here, and here's a million different ways to yeah. satisfy all the weird freaks that want to keep doing that. However, we did tell... It's like, I need the the kind of more normie... Like, tell me when the normies are supposed to leave because yeah. I'm having a great time <laughs> with this game. But I would like it if the game sort of interrupted me and was like, by the way, yeah. you've been we've seen what you've been doing. You've you played the game over 100 hours. Do this last challenge and then go home, buddy. You did a good job. Right. That's what I want Into the Breach to do for me yeah because otherwise every time i pick it up i play it too long and then i feel tummy sick and i'm yeah. like i just sometimes i just need a game like this to tell me to leave it alone yep, so that i will feel good yep basically about leaving it alone for me like in ftl that's why that that
0: game like left me deeply satisfied is i think there's two moments in ftl where that happens the first yeah. is the the unlocking of all of the ships in ftl are are little quests you go on. Sometimes, yeah, like, there's certain true. ships yeah. in that game, you'll just not, they'll just randomly happen to you. you. You just have to play the game enough times for it to sort of randomly come up. And right. so the unlocking of every ship is one milestone where once you do that, it's like, okay, I want to play that newest ship I just got at least a couple times. But beyond that, like, I did it. I got all the ships. And that felt like a very specific end point for me where it's like I, I right. feel really great about my time with this game and I could just walk away and be pleased as punch and the other is like basically the first time you actually beat that boss like the the boss is so difficult especially on like the harder difficult like I, I think beating The final boss on each difficulty setting is its own target thing within each thing is like figuring out the puzzle to actually defeating that final boss, how to engineer a run that lends itself to beating that final boss is its own elongated puzzle. And so doing that once is like, wow, I did it. I beat that final boss. Kind of never want to do that again, And but was great to experience that one time. And yeah, like what you're describing is that Into the Breach doesn't even have that because the beating of one run isn't excruciatingly difficult. It feels like, okay, I did that. I put in, I put in the work uh, and, and I could just do it again. And so I would say like the closest thing in Into the Breach is unlocking all of the teams but that mm-hmm. isn't the same kind of quest because it's the way you unlock teams or at least almost i think there's one team that there's like a weird goofy way to unlock them but the rest are just like keep doing runs to gain coins to buy more teams and you just keep kind of doing that so it's the only thing the game is ever asking you to do is play more runs pretty much
1: i think this i i'm gonna edit a little bit of what you're saying and and say that i i just think that if there's something that this team can build on that I think the next game should mm-hmm. address is what I'm talking about. Because I actually don't, I did not have fun beating the FTL final boss um, because how, how beating the FTL final boss worked for me was, Oh, well, um, so here's a strategy that I think will work. Yep. It's not necessarily how I want to play the game, but I, I'm pretty sure if I do this build, it will work. Well, well, Time to just run that build over and over yeah. even though it's not what I want to do because as right. you know if, if anyone's played FTL you are not guaranteed to make it to the final boss on an average run. Right. I mean unless you are just divinely good at the game yeah. you will you will frequently n- just not make it all the way yeah. which means I was running a strategy that I didn't care about that I didn't really want just yeah. because I thought it would come in handy for the final boss and by the way the strategy was not very handy Or the rest rest of the game. (laughs) So that made it kind of harder for me to get through the rest of the game. So I would actually push back and say this. Both of these games have a lack of satisfying finality to them. Mm -hmm. They're both so enjoyable moment to moment. But give me Mm -hmm. that big... Final climactic moment. And it doesn't have to be story that I don't think that yep. that these two, we, I, I watched a, there's a great interview with them that uh, no clip did um, on YouTube a couple of years back um, where it's just the two of them sitting down talking about, you know, like a little bit about their past and about um, both their games. Um, I get that they might not be the biggest like story people. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a story climax though. What I need is that kind of second tiered, mechanical climax where i'm like okay i've learned this game and now i got to do this kind of moment right and this was kind of something uh new and different instead of i mean you know it feels like the way into the breach works is like just keep turning the difficulty up and playing it on all the different mech squads but i don't know that just doesn't doesn't make me feel like i just want the game to tell me to go away yeah, like i just yeah, want the game exactly. to pop up and be like you did it hunter we're <laughs> right. proud of you you can go now that to stay any longer would just be weird completionist stuff which right. is fine for the people that want to do that but i don't here's um, here's my proposal yeah.
0: for like what that yeah. is because what the game asks you to do is like play the hardest difficulty and beat it with every single team and not even not even like to beat it on all the, the thing I think is strangest about it is that it wants you to beat it on two island mode and three island mode and four and, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's saying that because like those three things are, are quite different I think what you are looking for then hunter is like the one second separate mode that is just the like this is the super difficult mode it is nigh impossible but what we ask of you is to not beat it with every team because maybe not everyone can beat it with every team, but to make the perfect, there's a, there's a way to play this game where you just assign three mechs together, like three random, you, you can either randomize it or like select mechs from different teams and sort of create your own combo sure. yeah, or whatever, yeah, your own squad. And so some sort of mode that's just like, this is the challenge of all challenges. Once you have mastered so many things about this game, if you can build the perfect team and have the perfect run. You just need to beat this one challenge mode once and you will feel as if you mastered the game.
1: Yeah. What about this? I got, I got, I, I'll, I'm going to tweak, I'm going to tweak yours a little bit. So after doing 30 complete runs, <laughs> then you go to the sixth island. Right. And that island is made up of your time traveler currently <laughs> and two of your other time travelers from previous runs. And the that squad goes in together or maybe it's it's the same character three times a squad (laughs) made up of the same person from different times a sort of doctor who special of into the breach where it's all just my guy abe because i'm an abe guy okay abe has been my my pilot for forever me and him have done so many runs together Uh and as far as i'm concerned into the breach is just the story of my guy abe okay He's armored and I love him. He's my buddy and I will never part with him. But how cool would it be if it was island number six with Abe and his buddy, Abe, and his third buddy, (laughs) Abe. And they are just all just one more. I don't know. Just like one One unlock the like the legacy completion part. Yep. Where now you can because there's like there's there's three types of people, right? There's people that are gonna play a little bit of Into the Breach. There's people who are gonna play Baby Bear's bowl of porridge, just right amount of Into the Breach, that's me. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that are going to play way too much of Into the Breach, okay? The Baby Bowls of Porridge people, we need to be told when <laughs> we've had our fill, when we've had we, enough. We need to know
0: how big the bowl is. <laughs> Someone yes. tell me
1: how big this bowl is. <laughs> just give me the, give me the, pat me on the tummy and tell me <laughs> I ate my supper and that it's a happy plate now, please. That's all I want, okay? Yep. Yeah that's what i'm yeah. looking for <clears throat> it's hilarious that you need someone to tell
0: you you can be done
1: <laughs> i do i need the game to tell me that i i did a good job like i can't i because otherwise i'm just gonna keep i mean yeah i don't want to play finish into the breach i don't want to though yeah i Tough. i will get no pleasure out of that day that i pull up mm-hmm. the screen with all the squads on it and i have all every medal at yeah. every difficulty yeah It's not won't. satisfying it won't make me happy right it, right. it it really because won't. It's, not and a probably,
0: it's not a climax. It's not right. a climax. That is a that is a right. long slog to get
1: to that point. Yeah, just give me, just give me the Doctor Who 60th anniversary <laughs> special or Into the Breach. <laughs> I want the different time travelers to combine powers. Yep. I want David Tennant, all right? Mm-hmm. Again. And again you know? and again. <laughs> three times. Three times I will have my David Tennant <laughs> is what I
0: want. Oh, man. Uh, Hunter, we have got to rank this puppy. Yeah. Uh, which is going to yeah. be such a strange little thing to do because as, we have described easy. this game as perfect uh so of course we don't have to do a 2001 ranking today thank goodness uh but yeah, this no, 2018 game is gonna get added to the list uh do you have a
1: decade to add it to hunter um uh, so looking at my personal list where i've already ranked it i have placed it in the teens okay
0: teens, I think makes sense. I could easily have expected you to say it's a top tenner, but it felt like there was a, this this sort of undefinable quality we're talking about here that just makes it feel dirty. It's like, it's so good it feels dirty to play, is is the way okay. to the break feels. So I, I, I it's certainly not twenties for me and I think I was uh, even just nervous to, to think of where this thing goes. So I think it's easy to put it in the teens. Uh, we can start at like the bottom here uh if you would like and and see how high up it goes uh which means we're we're putting it above centipede but our first matchup is into the breach versus bongaio okay interesting
1: they're both games about mechs yeah our Um, two mech games
0: of this season neither of which are my classical thought of what a mech game equals
1: (laughs) yeah so um this is pretty tough for me actually because I definitely like Bongio more. Yeah. But Bongio is stupid. Yeah. Um. And Into the Breach is smart. Yeah. Um. Into the Breach is perfect. Bongio has like jokes and m- mechanic. Like literally the the game can't play itself right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it literally the yeah, game is broken. slowing down. And they're just like, Yep, yeah, that's cool. Let's uh, too many objects on Four screen. That's fine.
0: pixels at once. <laughs>
1: The Into the Breach team would never put too many objects on screen at once. Right. And the Bongayo people are like, heck yeah. Also collect space fruit. Yeah. Bongayo is punk rock and then like Into the Breach is Steely Dan. And I don't know, like, it might sound like I'm leaning punk rock right now. I do not that's tough. Yeah. That's yeah. really tough. All I, right.
0: I think for me, um, the difficulty of Bongayo is so much more chaotic and almost just like, oh, that all fucked up. Well, let's just, <laughs> let's reset because that was stupid. Sure. Yeah, Didn't yeah. Even it's make, not there fair. Was, there was no fairness to fair. it. It was just a yeah. completely stupid thing happened. So for that part of it, um, easily Into the Breach, Into the Breach maybe never makes me feel bad. You know what I mean? Even when I'm feeling bad because it's like the puzzle is so tough, it's always perfectly fair, right? It's yeah. always perfectly fair. There's always a way. Whoa. Because even even in the situation where there are in- instances in Into the Breach where you're like, that building just has to take some damage. That's fine right like that's part of the equation of well okay i'll have to suffer one damage here but there are ways Mm -hmm. for me to get that damage back i can heal myself up later at the end of this run or whatever at the end of each island you can spend reputation and some of that reputation could just be juicing yourself back up from all the damage you took on so it's like there's almost always some room to get hit or whatever which means you can accept mistakes and problems whereas like bongaio was just like the mistake is that we completely went insane with how unfair we decided to be um so so to that end i i mean i i definitely think i agree with you that it's actually not uh an easy matchup this is a close fought fight but uh i think into the breach edges it out for me because of that just that factor of like i'm never
1: upset with the game and what it did to me right right yeah i think that's a big realization actually matt i'm surprised that to hear you say that even Mm -hmm. that the game does not upset you i think i mean maybe it's because of that exceptional fairness of the ui yep it is but yeah so that's yeah that's really wild um i i have ranked Bongio um higher on my personal list but uh i think your logic is sound let's let it go above Bongio. Um the next and- conversation
0: fails to make sense cuz it's uh into the breach versus final fantasy 7. Uh, what I'm curious about Hunter is um y- you called out the teens um and I have not I the reason I'm I'm kind of centering this on you is just because I have not ranked into the breach on a personal list yet. I haven't I haven't done yeah, it. I haven't been doing that. Um right. but the fun thing that we run into quite often uh with with you doing that now as a, as a sort of habit is very often there is a thing that you have ranked into the breach above on your list that it like it can go above Bongayo and final fantasy seven, despite being under those on your list. What is it above in these teens that on, on your own list? What, what of these games in the teens? Is it above
1: So, like, obviously final fantasy seven is my number seven right now, which right. I love it's the seventh <laughs> game of all time. Um, so obviously I rank final fantasy seven quite a bit higher Um, On my personal list, it's actually sitting right below Jet Set Radio, Uh which is my number 15 in our collective, number 17. Right. Um, So in that way, it sort of matches up. Ocarina of Time is a fair bit lower on my personal list than it is on our together. Right. Um, Outrun, which is number 15, is my number six. Right. So that's quite a difference there. And then uh, Papers, Please is kind of in the lower half of the teens for me. Uh, and for us, it's uh, yeah. number fourteen. So it's kind of back and forth. Right. The teens are pretty crazy. Yep. Uh, compared to my list, right? Um, because a lot of my top ten stuff is sitting in our collective teens. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, and Final Fantasy VII would obviously uh, be one of those examples. However, I also find it really easy to accept that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So i feel like i don't really have a defense for final fantasy 7 sure um and yeah i think i think if you feel if you feel good about into the breach then i'm okay with even well, not even having that conversation
0: here's here's what i'm mentally doing because i'm glad you kind of listed all of those out you, you know you're, you're sort of saying relative to each other's position whereas each thing and i'm trying to feel out which of those just like feels The best because some of these are just going to feel bad i think is is what i'm getting at is some of these are just like well it just doesn't feel right to put it above it because it's like that's weird and gross but it's like where where does that specifically feel the best right right under jet set radio is something that doesn't feel right to me because my experience with jet set radio is so much of the jank getting in the way of everything else that i love about it whereas right into the breach is almost the exact opposite of jet set radio which is to say Aesthetically, so much of Into the Breach doesn't wow me in any way. I don't care. Honestly, the, the big thing we talked at the very beginning of this, I love FTL's soundtrack. I love Ben Prunty. I think Ben Prunty makes incredible soundtracks. The yeah. Into the Breach soundtrack doesn't do anything all that powerful for me. It's cool music, but it's nothing that specifically like really gets me excited. Um, yeah. And, and and the art style and everything else about Into the Breach also is is similarly just like it it functions. It works. It is all there to serve the perfect mechanics. Whereas yeah, right. Jet Set Radio is the opposite of that. The, the, the mechanics are the one thing getting in the way of the perfect style, basically.
1: Well, I mean, and that's why on my personal list I had to put into the breach right underneath right. Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Because I the idea of it just seemed like the right place for it to go mm-hmm. for me. Uh, the idea that that this game that is perfect is, to me, a little worse than a game that is so flawed. Yeah. But so, I don't know, it has a soul to it, just yeah. at Radio. And and that soul matters a lot more to me yeah. Um. Than, than perfect mechanics at the end of the day. I, I um, think the theme of the teens here as I look at it is a lot
0: of games that I think not only do you and I like, but we also recognize their sort of historical importance, either socially across everyone or even just personally, right? Like Outrun is equal parts socially important, but especially important to you specifically, Hunter, right? Yeah. So it's, it's up there, right? Papers, Please is another one where we sort of, we think of it as at times, we sort of think of it as almost timeless in its like what it accomplished or whatever. So I'm looking at the teens and I'm trying to think about how does Into the Breach feel 10 years from now like is it still regarded as like one of the best tactics games ever made
1: well yeah i think it does it has the genre on its side there yeah you know what i mean right people <laughs> it's it's it kind of aimed for <laughs> a <easy>. specific <laughs> crown that no it's not in e- no no, no, they, no it's not easy to they make it work it's, their butts off exactly to it's, do this right but it's like, it's, uh, it reminds me of this thing that Eugene Merman said at this commencement speech one time when he was talking about, like, you should follow your, your dreams unless they're stupid. <laughs> like, if you're trying to eat all the cheesecake in Arlington, <laughs> like, that's a bad dream. I would say that Into the Breach is sort of like eating all the cheesecake in Arlington, yeah. where it's like, n- no one was trying to make the best tactics game, which right. I think is sad. Frankly, it's a great genre. right But I think they did... they they did it in like a lawyer type way like like on paper into the breach is the best tactics game right it's not it's not my favorite Mm -hmm. but it is the best one (laughs) and that will be true in 10 years i guarantee you no one's gonna make one i mean it might never happen because for all we know tactics games are actually having a bit of a renaissance right now compared to what it will be like in 10 years yeah yeah you know right so yeah That's
0: tough then, because I'm I'm trying to see if there's like a. I'm trying to find out what argument Into the Breach hedges its bets on, right? Wait, wait, what is it specifically going up against? Because the difficulty I'm having here is I actually. the The reason I'm bringing all this up now is I don't. I cannot think of a great argument for why it should go above Final Fantasy VII. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to find, if there's a great argument, it should go above anything above Final Fantasy VII, right? I'm trying to find that contradiction. And oh, so I far, I haven't found yeah. it. What is what is your great contradiction? I, I got it.
1: I got it. Here's, here's, here's where I... If I were to just bullseye it. So, it going above Final Fantasy VII, um, Final Fantasy VII is, you know, not... Like, while it's a game that's still important to me and it's still important to, like, a, a large group of people... I would say the zeitgeist has kind of let it go. It's kind of said like, ah, this was a game that was that, no, 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 don't really care. Um, and and that's fine. You know what? I think they're all wrong. And maybe someday they'll come to regret you that. You always say these kinds of things, it, but I don't get it because I don't
0: like, isn't Final Fantasy VII more popular now than ever? Or, or are you sort of saying uh, like the new stuff isn't people being actually excited for like the raw old 1997 Final Fantasy 7 experience is that like what
1: is that kind of your point yeah I mean I think I I would say that's my point I think people have always been hungry for more Final Fantasy 7 but not necessarily when they when they say that they don't necessarily mean the game Final Fantasy (laughs) 7 as it came out in 1997 I I
0: agree I wanted to make sure that was the point you're making because I I do agree on that front
1: um and also I I just feel like in the kind of uh talk of the, the historically important games yes there was a point matt where final fantasy 7 was was one of the most important games ever made right and that that was just like kind of a common fact i feel like that's been called into question mm. mm-hmm. um so he- here's what i want to do i think that yes final fantasy VII is my number seven so it pains me to put into the breach above it um i put it right below just radio um a game i think that in my has fallen out of my own zeitgeist but maybe mm-hmm. not everyone else's is ocarina of time yeah and i think that given more time that will make more sense uh-huh. and i think there will be a day when a majority of people are like into the breach oh yeah that's one of the best tactic games ever made and then uh, when ocarina of time comes up people will be like yeah that's like one of the 10 zelda games ever made <laughs> you know like i think that that yeah i, mean, I think that's already happened a little bit absolutely but i think that will happen more and more um and i just don't think it's better than outrun i don't know i mean outrun's yeah. my number 6 so right. I, yeah but I, I think putting it right above ocarina of time that kind of sits good for me i'm okay. all right with that i i like
0: that argument i think that's the one that i'll take if it's if it's below final fantasy VII or above ocarina of time and those are the two options which i think is a delicious moment in time we're living in where like that's these are the two things constantly being called into question right and we yeah. i it, we are a show that pushes to settle ocarina further down and just sort of accepts that Final Fantasy VII has hit where it hits. I think like right. right. Final Fantasy VII is where it is now because society really just wants these remakes and stuff. Um, whereas you know nobody's asking for Ocarina of Time to be remade. Guess what? They already remade Ocarina of Time like six times since then. It's called all the other Zelda games that have come out are all it's basically true. just Ocarina of Time remakes. No one's thirsting for that anymore. Whereas. Yeah, into the breach sort of sits out here on in in its position of mastering mastering a genre that I mean, when you were talking about Final Fantasy VII, I think of Into the Breach in a similar area though, right? Tactics games are this little corner where freaks hang out, especially Mm -hmm. the people designing tactics games are the weird little freaks, because it it takes a very specific compulsion to want to make that kind of mathy of a game, right? Yeah, The tactics genre is, because it is so truly difficult to make a good one, uh, there's only so many weirdos doing it, and so the fact that they not only came into it, but, like, nailed it, uh, is is something worth uh, celebrating, but... Is is you know, and it it's among kind of the all timers, but it still has that quality of it. Just feels dirty. I love that it's actually right below Outrun because the story mm-hmm. of Outrun is like you just keep playing it and you feel great. There's there you don't need a higher power for Outrun, right? You've never felt finished with Outrun, but but also no. Outrun transcends that desire. It, it doesn't need you to have a sense of accomplishment for it, and so the fact that it gets to beat into the breach, I think, is a, a nice little poetic justice.
1: Outrun doesn't have hooks to try and get me to uh, right. complete every aspect of it. Um, Outrun is like a sensory experience. It's yeah. just, uh, it's just hang out in a cool car with nice tunes and <laughs> it looks neat. Like that's all. Yep. That's all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Into the Breach will be our number 16th game of all time, beating out Ocarina of Time. Why won't people complain about stuff like that? Yeah. It, get yeah. in the chat <laughs> and bad. like, how come? People are just mad about Disco Elysium, but yeah. nobody wants to cut. No nobody wants to hose us, yeah. or like saying that Ocarina of Time is worse than Into the Breach. Well, I mean, why not? Well, I, I
0: mean, I know I have the reason for you if you really want it, but uh, I, don't, what, I, don't, why? I don't. I don't know if I want to get into
1: it. Is it because Disco Elysium has politics yeah. <laughs> and, and other games don't? Woke, moralist. We'll
0: see who ranks number one <laughs> first. <laughs> 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 wait what is what is it woke moralists we'll see who cancels we'll see who. who
1: cancels who that's what we say here on this podcast um yeah i am uh, i'm i'm one of your hosts uh jordan donald cederson. <laughs>
0: donald cederson oh god i'm proud of our middle of the list at this point more than i am of our top 10 our top 10 is really cool. i love our top 10 But I think our teens are just this walking insult to maybe everyone. Everyone has a reason to be insulted by something in our teens is the is the vibe I get from it. There's I mean, this whole discussion is the point of it, right? Like your list has plenty of reasons to be completely insulted by our teens and the the way things are positioned inside of the teens
1: yeah i mean the whole project doesn't really make that much sense but i mean like ever since i started keeping my own list you just feel it, great it, about it. it it just really works yeah. i mean i i always pull it up right next to anytime we do this part i always pull up my own list right next to it so and i actually do get confused sometimes because you'll say like a number yeah and i'll realize i'm looking at my list and i'll almost be like wait no matt that's not right that's yeah. not where that is but then i'll realize like oh yeah there's the other list the, the one that doesn't matter as much but yeah but yeah, then there's my my personal one. It also feels like it's fun to keep it from the listener. You know, yeah, you can't yeah. see my list. Yeah, my even list though is, people could piece it together
0: at this point. You've said most of could. the numbers on your list,
1: but It's it true, matter. it's true. But it does, it also helps, you know, it helps guide me in the discussion because, you know, uh, there is no, by the way, there's no way to do this. Yeah. Um, there's right. no way to compare all these games to each other yep. and keep some sort of common uh, metric. And guess what? If you ever thought that, Whenever people make lists like that, they they are doing something different than Uh exactly what we're doing. You're nuts, by the way. This is what they do. This is exactly what they do. They just sit down in a circle with more people. It's just more people. Right. And then they just kind of hash it out cowboy style with no real metric. Just kind of like, eh, I thought, what about this argument versus this argument? Yeah. Because guess what? Um, if something's your favorite game, then that's the most important game yeah. in the world to you. Yeah. Regardless of what we say here. Right. Um oh wait, no. Oh wait, I have a little thing written here. Oh, it says that's not true, actually, and yep. that Disco Elysium is the best game ever made, and that you have to accept <laughs> that as your new truth. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Bullied again by your two bullies. <laughs>